0: Hello and welcome to another episode. Today we start with the topic, this new GTA Guesser expansion will bring a massive improvement to the multiplayer experience. So you guys may know my mod, Kanna. They will occasionally help me out, entirely unprompted, They call of them. And so they sent me this. It is a an extension for GTA Guesser that changes a bunch of things about the game.
1: So this extension adds actual multiplayer features to the Versus mod for GTA Guesser website. Yeah. Um, let me demonstrate what I mean. First of all, those two browsers demonstrate different players. So, Edge on the left will be the host, and the Chrome on the right will be players who join the host, basically. And so, here is the first feature of this extension. Host don't need to click on the refresh button for the lobby to refresh its details. In order to check if somebody joined, it will happen automatically. So it's a very small thing, but the rest is like big. Same will happen with the start button. When host click the start button, the game will automatically start for all joined players as well. Here we can see that extension change side panel a little. It is no longer a current round of the five rounds and a total score, but it is now a table where on the left will be what round it is, and on top, we can see it's a nicknames of the players. So Edge is this, and Jerome, this one.
0: So a lot of you guys don't understand the significance a lot of what, of what he's saying, because you're only watching on YouTube. But during the actual day, there is all this communication, like, have you started? Have you guessed? What's your score? So much of the time is spent getting this information because it's not given to me. And this extension does that now, but it gets even better.
1: So you can see now that table populated. This number on the bottom represent a total score. Next big feature that our host is made a guess, and he actually now can spectate uh, what other players doing. How good is that? Extension will synchronize a mouse position and other players' guesses.
0: Look, look, see, see the mouse is, is moving on both screens. So you can see where the opponent is guessing.
1: The mouse and the guess that joint players made will be synchronized.
0: So like, when I say, oh, I'm guessing around here or something, or I'm asking, like, where are you guessing, where are you thinking or whatever, I will now just be able to see. Like it didn't super matter for the YouTube audience,
1: but for the Twitch stream, this will be huge. Also, this button now reading, waiting for players, it's mean that hosts cannot, like, advance to the next location until other players will make their guesses.
0: I would always ask, like, are you on the next one? Can you see the picture? Are you done? Because you could legitimately just go past and, like, do all five very quickly if you really wanted to.
1: Let's make perfect score,
0: because why not? It's gonna populate up here. See, look, you can see your score.
1: Table updated as well. Zero for Edge and 500 for Chrome. When Chrome made his guess, Chrome now can see, like, the host guess as well, and mouse of the host. The one thing I want changed about this is, I think we need to use something other than
0: Vs. Because, in the edit, if there are two green Vs, two blue Vs, and two red Vs, it becomes somewhat confusing, like, whose screen is whose and what V corresponds with what person and stuff. It'd be good if, like, you know how you play a multiplayer game, like, people have different colours. And, while the solution area is always the same, like, it should be like a red circle to indicate this is where it should be. And my V will be say green and his will be blue or something. Apparently, this takes weeks to be approved by Google, but I'm hoping that uh GTA Guesser, the dude who made the website, I'm sorry I keep referring to him as GTA Guesser, but that's the name he has in chat. I'm hoping that he'll add these features. Or he will let Kana do it. Like I'll often ask, like, oh, what was your score again? What were you up to? And I'd have to get that information, but now I just know the information. It'll even be good for the edit, because editing in a running total is kind of annoying, right? That edit will be much faster if I can just have it here. So yeah, absolutely beautiful. This will make collabing with people and versing people in general far, far easier. It would even now be possible for challenging specific people from chat, if so I desired. Although trusting people from chat not to cheat is a separate matter, but like I would be able to get feedback on like what they're doing and stuff. Yeah, so very cool. That will hopefully be coming to future games. I don't know if it will be ready for when my next collab is. Maybe I'll push that collab back just so we can wait for these features. So thank you, Canada, for doing that. Whether it gets added to the actual website or if it's just an extension, we'll find out, I suppose. This proves that Red Dead Redemption 2 is clearly inferior to GTA 5. I got recommended this video by Amy Austin, And I think I'd seen one of them before, but it's video's breath-holding competition where he just picks like five characters from five different games and uh, sees who takes the longest to drown, basically, in water. The reason why this video was particularly interesting to me is he tries to do Arthur Morgan, but he finds out that you can't dive underwater in Red Dead Redemption 2. And I was like, I had no idea that was true. You're telling me Super realistic game. Oh, like you don't understand the mechanics of Red Dead 2 is so much better than GTA 5. Doesn't have a dive function. Really? But that's realism, Matt. Humans can't dive underwater. What are you talking about? Like for the rest of my life, I'm going to reference this when anyone talks about Red Dead 2 and how it's better than GTA 5. At least I can dive underwater! The debunking of Johnny Harris's videos. So I watched this channel called Money and Macro. It's a fairly new economic channel. When I say fairly new, I think it's maybe, maybe a year or two old or something. Oh, it's a couple of years old now. It's one of those channels that's kind of picked up steam because it's an actual economics professor, or at least former, I believe, making videos. And he's released this video, Can You Trust This Guy, talking about Johnny Harris. Do you guys know Johnny Harris? He's got 4 million subscribers, hugely popular dude, getting 14 million views. So he's getting more views than I'm getting a month, if you exclude my shorts. I don't think he makes shorts on this channel, so. He's uh, he's going faster than me, all that jazz. So he's a big player, right? However, within the last six months, I've been shown like, how many? Like at least six videos debunking videos that Johnny has made in very convincing ways. The channel comes off to me as that kind of, Johnny is just brimming with confidence in his ability to sell a narrative to an audience and the factual basis for what he's trying to sell doesn't seem to matter that much to him or at the very least it's indicative of a problem that i see on youtube that when you have these sort of general channels that talk about a host of topics there's no way that they can be in a situation to be educated on all of them or to even have enough foundational knowledge to be able to research and and find the correct conclusions because they just don't know enough even when in johnny's case where you have a writing team that doesn't help all that much i've been turned off a lot of these sort of general channels that sell a narrative, sell a story, I more like these channels that focus on one particular topic because they have expertise in it. So I like channels that dedicate themselves to economics or dedicate themselves to fantasy books or or what have you, rather than attempting to present themselves as experts in a particular thing. Because one of the things that this video critiques Johnny on, what Johnny ultimately wanted to do with his videos is simplify Economic concepts because he believes that economists are kind of gatekeeping this knowledge and keeping it from the masses. I am a person who believes that everything is more complex than we realize, where Johnny is the opposite. He believes things are simpler than people realize. I don't think there's a single topic that you couldn't ultimately spend years studying and still not get to the end of it. We ultimately have to live our lives with a surface level understanding of basically everything because there's simply not enough time to dig deep into every conceivable topic. And it's a very frustrating aspect of life. So much of your life you, you kind of have to just hope you've trusted the right people who dig down into these topics for you and, and give you information. Like I would totally understand if, in the case of money and macro, an economics professor sought out to simplify economics topics for a wider audience. But Johnny Harris isn't an economist. Does he have an econo- a couple of economists on his staff? I don't know. Like, do people trust Johnny Harris? Even after all these videos have come out showing that he cuts corners, that he doesn't always have a factual basis for what he's talking about? Are they even aware those videos exist? Does it matter to people? Or does the story, the narrative matter more? Yeah, no, it's just thoughts that came to my mind when uh, watching Money and Macro. But as much as I've talked up Money and Macro here, I am sure there are people, maybe who have an economics background, maybe who are former teachers themselves, who would look at things that Money and Macro says and goes, hey, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, man. As is the case in every discipline, there are people who vehemently disagree with everyone else. As I say, I I just think putting your money on someone who at least has widespread experience and expertise in a particular field is uh, a better bet. Although of course you shouldn't uh, blindly trust anyone. Some examine him critically, but many just consume this bite-sized content and move on with their day. Here's the thing, we all do that to some videos, 100%. Every single one of us has just like clicked on a video, uncritically just had that hit our brains, everything is said, we're doing something else, not fully focusing, maybe we're just eating dinner or whatever, and potentially we'll just repeat stuff that we've heard in a video at some point. Unknowingly, not knowing where it came from, whatever. Just, oh yeah, I, th- I think I heard that somewhere. That that seems plausible. In part because of the various biases that we all fall victim to. Like the reiteration bias, if we just hear something enough times, it seems more true to us just because we've heard it enough times. But yeah, so if you're interested in economics, look up Money and Macro. If you watch Johnny Harris's stuff, Look up some of these videos debunking some of his stuff, like his economic stuff and his history stuff, and make up your own mind, I suppose. Because that's all you can really do. The overlooked significance of Amazon Prime in Twitch's revenue split. So I often see people talking about how they don't like the sub-split that happens on Twitch. And as I've talked about before, it doesn't seem like Twitch is a very profitable platform, so I can kind of understand why they're trying to take a bigger cut of things. But obviously, it clearly doesn't sound very good. a 50-50 split of the money you're, you guys are trying to give to me and all that jazz. So I posted this. Or at least I wanted to post this and I just posted, posted it now. I honestly wonder if Twitch could get away with ending Amazon Prime and increasing the subsplit with creators. The money given by Amazon Prime seems entirely ignored when people speak of subsplits on the platform. It's something like 30 to 40 percent of my revenue comes from Twitch Primes. Like what kind of subsplit would you have to give me to match that? Like let's say like, they just removed that money entirely and they just gave me that equivalent of my other subs. Like if you think about it in that way, obviously, it's gonna be much higher than 50-50 that they need to give me. It's just funny that when people used to talk about moving to YouTube and how it was a non-starter for a lot of people, people would talk about how they lose all that Prime revenue. The free subs, again, that you can give creators uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you know, you get one a month. But people don't seem to talk about that anymore and it's very strange. It was one of the things highlighted most about why YouTube would have an issue competing with Twitch with Rumble, Kick, other potential competitors, no one seems to bring this up anymore. It's very strange. I caught a sneaky GT5 modder trying to play with me. So previously, I added a person named Krieg to my whitelist and friends list so they could play with me in GT Online. But one thing you can't normally do in GT Online is join an invite-only lobby. So if I'm in invite only lobby or an invite only game, unless I invite you, you can't join. But it has now happened twice that people have been able to j- join despite that. And one of the people was Krieg. And the reasonable explanation for that is that they have a mod menu and mod menus automatically circumvent those limitations and enable you to join. So the first person who did that, we just removed. We said, you got a mod menu, get out of here. Like you, you couldn't even bother to just to turn it off or whatever, just so you wouldn't stand out, whatever. The second person, Krieg, we removed, but then Spider, a the person who knows uh, a lot about the uh, online stuff, they were looking into things and they were like, maybe Rockstar's invite only sessions just aren't perfect. And maybe Krieg was just spamming join game really, really, really fast and just happened to get in before something got restricted or something. And so we were debating in the mod section, like, oh, do we add him back or do we nod or whatever? And uh, apparently they all hashed it out. So I added him back. And then I was like, oh, what's their discord? I would like to, personally apologize for accidentally removing them. And so they gave me their Discord, and I opened their Discord, and we had had some previous DMs where he had talked to me about the mod menu he has and given me information about, like, how they work. So he was trying to convince us that he didn't have a mod menu and didn't join because of it, but previous DMs with me confirmed that he did have a mod menu. I'd show it to you, but I'd be worried about leaking something. So I was going to apologize, like, man, I'm sorry that we thought you had a mod menu. How bad, you know, Rockstar just makes mistakes sometimes. And I'm just looking at these DMs like, oh. <laughs> so, might remove him again. Like, I mean, it is possible that he wasn't using a mod menu and the story all checks out and it is just Rockstar making mistakes or something. But then again, like, be a massive coincidence, right?
1: Krieg slash Axe here. I've been watching since late 2018 with an
0: unusual obsession since. The screenshots in our DMs were copied verbatim with some editing,
1: so it makes sense in the context of a new DM. The server that message was announced was banned since.
0: I think you're trying to say you copied them from your friend or something. It's just very suspicious, you understand, man. Thank you for the five dollars, but I, I don't, I don't think we can sort it. Axel, I hope this doesn't sound my content for you, man. No, no hard feelings, man. I just, I just can't take the risk. I hope you understand, man. You wouldn't believe how much of my PC is dedicated to copies of GTA 5. I thought people would get a kick out of this this is currently my folder of my gt5 versions it is 1.28 terabytes and it has 9400 files in it just listing the versions it's gt5 1.27 gt5 1.27 modded gt5 chat gps which is the thing that i haven't done yet gt5 clean which is my gt online version gt5 clean chaos this is when i want to have like just one permanent effect for Chaos and uh, either for recording purposes or some particular video. GT5 Cougar, which is of course the Cougar videos. GT5 Distance Chaos, this is for the videos that haven't come out yet but have been recorded where Chaos effects are applied as I move distance as opposed to time. GT5 Inputs is just the input overlay that records my inputs. GT5 Modded New is my latest version of the game that has all my mods on it that I use for recording purposes. GT5 Rainbow Miser Chaos is the thing that I use currently for Chaos. It's actually not Rainbow Miser right now. Well, I guess it is, but it's also Mirror World. It just doesn't say. GT5 Voice and GT5 Voice Chaos. These are for hypothetical versions where I use my voice to do things in the game. The first version of it wasn't good enough, and the second version requires a lot of setup to the degree that I haven't been bothered to do it. And it would also require me to play through the entire game. But this is kind of spoilers, I guess, but it was to eventually do that whole cheat percent idea that you guys always wanted me to do, where I use the cheats to get through the game as fast as possible. I figured the best way to do that would be to basically to summon them with my voice like it's magic and uh, basically use positive chaos effects to get through the game as fast as possible. I haven't set it up. I may eventually do that, but that's why the file, it's just so big. And all these files down here are just so that I can quickly change between versions by pressing one button. The fixes are fixed two, three, and four. They're various protections I have in GTA Online. How do I deal with recognition from people who have access to my personal information? Glow asks a question here, which can basically be summarized as, as you are a famous person, how would you handle if someone you hired to like install blinds or pick up trash or whatever actually recognized you? When then they know like a bunch of information about you, like where you live and maybe financial details and stuff. I don't think I'm famous enough for that to really be a concern. Cause even the small portion of people who might get information from me that way and recognize me. Like, the odds of any of them being like a nuts, a bit crazy, is astronomical, right? For example, for the longest time, PayPal didn't have the ability for you to not give people your address when you sent them money. It was really dumb. Like, you just had to give them your address. You don't have to now, but that's only been the last year. So for like, at least five years of sending people money or something on PayPal, every single one of those people got my address. But they were people I was giving money, so they they're like, wow, this this, is a dogfight was giving me money, so maybe I won't leak his address. But obviously, my address has probably been given to thousands of people at this point through either PayPal or leaking it on stream and stuff, and nothing has happened yet. It's always a concern that that can happen, but as I say, it is a very, very, very tiny portion of people who are truly a threat to you in that way. I've got my YouTube plaque on my wall, so when people come and do stuff, they're like, oh, you're a YouTuber. That's cool. Obviously this is more of a concern for people who are like actually famous. The Leonardo DiCaprio's or whatever, who reach a hundred times the amount of people I reach. For those people, they, I mean, I guess they'd have security and they'd simply hire through particularly trusted organizations or whatever, right? Yeah, not really a concern for me. Or at least it is a concern, but not one I can do much about and is unlikely to have any negative ramifications. And true, being in Australia, I am like a 16 hour flight from the vast majority of my audience, right? Answering your most interesting questions. What's a video you wish got more views? I mean, the answer is clearly obvious, and that is, reactors, the professional parasites. Either that or how a socialist made capitalism worse. Socialist. Both have over half a million views, but you understand, when something gets half a million views, it's like 30% of those people actually get to the end, at best. It's not really half million views it's more like 175,000 or something but obviously those are the two videos i put a lot of work into about something that i am passionate about and uh well those numbers aren't terrible obviously they're not uh game-changing views for the platform what's the future of the reddit recap considering the reddit blackout and api changes post june 30th i don't think any of that changes what i'm doing my reddit is not somehow dependent upon the api changes and i don't have the desire to move somewhere else i don't know of anywhere that's better And it sucks that reddit, the higher ups are making reddit worse for people but ultimately it doesn't impact my subreddit and I'm going to continue doing as I do. I never thought the reddit blackout was going to change their minds anyway. It's such deepening green greed you can't change that with a simple boycott. It has to be more than a simple boycott. It's why strikes can have an impact. Because the high-ups don't know how long the strikes are going to last, and ultimately they can believe that giving some concessions to the group that is striking will ultimately lead to uh, more profits for them. Like, they can still be just as greedy, but they're like, look, we've got to give them something, or we're just going to lose more and more money over time. Do you think that Blue Sky Social will be better than Twitter? The place where the most users are is going to have the best experience. And once you have a social media that is deeply ingrained in people's habits and consciousness and all that jazz. It's very hard for a competitor to come up and dethrone us As I said throughout the entire time that Elon Musk was making bonehead decisions that would impact Twitter's ability to exist long-term I always said it still seemed very unlikely that he could fuck it up to the degree that it would have just entirely go away Despite how much its ad revenue has apparently dropped despite how annoying the website is now because the Twitter blue people get boosted to the top and you can't see natural engagement all the various different lawsuits around the world because he's not following certain regulations in regards to content on the platform, all the website crashes and all that jazz. It's still very unlikely to me that anything will ultimately top Twitter. There might be some users who use both or whatever, but uh, I think Twitter's here to stay. But you know what is better than Twitter? Pressing the like and subscribe button. Thank you, I wish you all the best.